This is Coffee Number Five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman, and we are live on Facebook. And as you always say, welcome back to Coffee Number Five. Today I'm drinking tea, no coffee, but I'm making an exception, but because I really drink drunk too much coffee. And as everyone knows in the audience, I'm not that young anymore. And there are a lot of things that I had to learn as I go. Like today, there are so many online trainings that you can take for anything you want to learn. Even I have an online online training that teach you um, the ecosystem. But influencer marketing, it's something really, really new. And I want to talk a little more in depth on how the brands work with influencers, because it's something that I do a lot with my clients. So I invited Alessandro Bogliadi. That's how you say it? Uh, Almost. uh, Okay, just tell tell it to me with an Italian accent. I need to hear that. Alessandro Bogliari. Then I have it right. Well, thank you so much for being here at Coffee Number 5. Thank you for having me. Um, so how did you start it with this? How did you find that there was actually a niche for influencers marketing? And tell us a little more how an agency works with their clients uh, that their brands in finding influencers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, it started actually, I think, well, maybe five years ago or something like that when I was uh, in Copenhagen, Denmark. So I was still in Europe and uh, I was transitioning from like growth marketing. So helping like, you know, companies uh, getting more clients, uh, uh, especially for like platforms and SaaS. I was seeing like um, something that was definitely interesting. Um, influencer marketing was already like cool in that way, but it was a bit different, you know, was coming from the bad marketing of blogs. Uh, Instagram was getting more powerful uh, day by day. So long story short, I start starting that. I was still actually finishing my master degree. Uh, in digital innovation management. And uh, I wrote my thesis on influencer marketing. So, you know, I was like, there is not that much in, you know, in the academia about influencer marketing. So I was already working in that space for another company. And it was like the informative side of the influencer marketing. Okay. So uh, after spending like, you know, several months on that, it was like, I mean, you know what, like, I know what does it mean to like, you know, be in a marketing agency. Uh, I know everything now about like influencer marketing. So I was like, why don't I start actually like, you know, an an agency just about this. And so I moved to Miami. I started different things with other people. Then I said, you know what, Uh, let's, let's go by myself. I actually co-founded the influencer marketing factory, not even three years ago, but let's say that we even went even more niche. We went only on TikTok at the beginning. And this was like three years ago when TikTok was still at the beginning and not a lot of people were thinking it as a, marketing channel you know again i saw a blue ocean there i was definitely not the first opening up an agency for influencer marketing there were like already several out there but um maybe there was something still missing you know between like having an influencer marketing agency also working not just on the creativity but also on the data on you know having your clients always happy on certain metrics and kpis and let's go with that let's talk of course on tiktok it's something new no one else is offering that and uh, we started getting since the beginning Fantastic, fantastic clients. I'm talking about Sony Music, Warner Music, uh, Universal Music Group, Google, Snap, uh, Dunkin', Bad Like, and many others. Uh, because again, they wanted to do TikTok. It was something new. And we were one of the few, you know, influencer marketing agencies offering that. And then, you know, after that, we started growing. And 
I can tell you more about that maybe later. But uh, yeah, this this what happened like in the in the last uh, I'd say not not even three years. That's amazing. Okay, so let's give start from the beginning. Someone yeah. who has an a store or a business and say, okay, I want to work with the influencer marketing. So they will approach you. And something that I always recommend is my clients need to understand that there are different levels of influencers. I want to explain the different levels of influencers that we have that from nano, macro and all of those, that's yes. what it means? Of course. I mean, like, uh, first of all, it depends really like on which social media you are on, right? Because uh, uh, a nano influencer or maybe let's let's say differently macro influencer on instagram might be seen as a medium influencer on youtube and might be seen as a micro influencer on tiktok right mm-hmm. so sizes of following is different uh, depending on geolocation depending on uh, industry and so on like if you are like into into crypto nowadays it's a bit better but if you were looking at people in the crypto like you know one year ago you were able to find only people with a small following because it was really niche. So it's important to understand that whenever it depending like the social media and also your strategy, but, um, you know, a lot of the times, especially maybe a store that are like locally in a place, right? So they want to look for someone specifically in a place. The best would be usually to go with, uh, you know, different uh, micro influencers from the same area that uh, might most probably are going to have other friends and their influence uh, in the neighbor or the area of the city. And so instead of just uh, trying to bid on one big macro influencer, you know, maybe you can have like uh, 10 micro ones, you know, that are going to do their work, right? In trying to influence the others, maybe come to your store or doing certain actions and so on. So uh, one thing is the size, uh, micro, medium, macro, uh, celebrity influencers, you know, you, you can name it in different ways. Uh, but what I want to say all the time it is that uh, nowadays, luckily, it's not just anymore about the number of followers, right? Uh, of course, this is something also like it's several years that people say it's, uh, uh, it's not just about the following, it's about the engagement rate, the type of content, the historical data, how many people were actually able to bring you to the store or to download an app. How can you get that? that? So the data, they're like, I'd say a couple of ways. Uh, I mean, more than a couple, of course, but if I had to uh, make it really simple, they're like a couple. So the first, it's, it might like sound as common sense, but it is to reach out to influencers and ask them the data. So, and, and we could also cover how to reach out to influencers. That is also a big mistake. Yes, and, I want know, to hear that. We, we can definitely talk about that. But I like one of the first uh, and easy way it is definitely to reach out to influencers and tell them uh, uh, more about your project, your, about your store, about your brand, whatever, and ask them, like, uh, in order for me to understand if you are the right fit, I need to see your demographic breakdown. I'm talking about age split, gender split, geolocation. You usually want to see the free, uh, the first three countries and even the biggest cities, okay, of audience. Normal is called like a media kit. Exactly, exactly. So in a media kit, you usually have that. You have pricing, like you know, for one story, one story, and a YouTube video and an Instagram post. You can have a bundle, you know. So that is definitely something you can ask directly. And usually, those data, at least in terms of demographics, if they send you screenshots from their phone, uh, is 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 100% accurate, unless they don't change something in Photoshop, but, uh, you know, (laughs) that's the data taken directly from, let's say, Instagram analytics, you know? Yeah, but it would be really silly because as an agency, and that's why it's something that normally you want to do it with with an agency in the middle, 
uh, because we have other tools that we pay a lot of money for those yeah. tools to be able to get that, that information yeah. correct. Exactly. And, and in fact, that was the other the other way. So depending on your budget, you know, if you if you do not have a budget, it's going to be more manual and you're going to have to ask directly to the people or there are like a, a plethora of platforms that goes from $20 a month up to $100,000 a month. What's your favorite p- platform? I mean, I have a different range and we also have like different ways to do things. I like a lot Hypoditor, H-Y-P-E-A-U-D-I-T-O-R, Hypoditor. Uh, it's a tool that has many uh, like, you know, free tools. And then you can go on a monthly subscription that, to be honest, not that expensive compared to other tools. So that mm-hmm. one, I like it. There are like many others. I don't want to get too much technical or, you know, like I'm spending too much time on that. There are like several. What I all the time suggest it is to don't take like anything that is expensive thinking that is going to be better because a lot of platforms, unfortunately, might be really expensive. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars per year if it's an enterprise or some tens of thousands of dollars per year, even just for medium level. And they might offer you the same that you can find also with cheaper platforms. The majority of these, unless they, it's all script data, right? The majority of these platforms. Some others, they're like vetted influencers. So it means that they requested, you know, their own data. But again, I don't want to get too much tech. Just to say, my biggest advice is like, Start small, especially if you do not know about influencer marketing. Start small, go with like maybe free trials on platforms, start spending a little bit. And then if you need more, you can always upgrade. Uh, but a lot of platforms, they ask you like one year of commitment and it's really difficult to you know run away from those contracts. So again, for everyone that is listening, they want to test out things, go with something on a cheaper level, see if you like it. Also, it's something really important for you to start that, uh, when you're working with influencers, you need to know that you're working with people. So yeah. like you were saying yeah. before, uh, asking this media mm-hmm. kit is a great way to validate that information that they're sending is correct. Because if they're sending you incorrect information, which happens, is maybe something that you need to take in account by the time of choosing to work with that person or not. 100%. What I say all the time, spend a bit more time in funding the influencers, analyzing their data, then trying to rush it. And then you're going to maybe pay extra money just because you didn't check analytics, you know, in the proper way. So uh, I know it's boring. Sometimes it takes time. It's time consuming. You're talking to a geek. So I love (laughs) those things. Uh, Anyway. Okay. You throw that out there. So now I need to know how we communicate with an influencer. How would we approach an influencer? Yeah. So it really depends if you go solo in-house, you know, or you go with an agency. Let's go going solo. Solo, um, do not blast emails to everyone. No one likes to be one of the many, okay? So if you are reaching out to someone, let's say an Instagram influencer, you want to show this person that you actually spend time on their profile. You want to check if they are a good fit. You maybe can mention like, I saw that a month ago, you were in this place, you know, and we do have a store there and this, this and that. And since you have this ton of voice, this type of audience and this type of content, you know, like it was like you are showing this person that actually you really spend time and you want that person. It's not just plus. So you, know, you want to wine and dine them. 
Yeah, I mean, like it's like you know, it's like you want to have them like feeling special because again, influencers, especially the good ones, they receive tens of requests every single day. Imagine it's like similar to, it's similar in a way to when you try to pitch something to a journalist. If you make it personal, you make it like you know tailored on their needs. Uh, they're gonna get back to you. If instead you go to a journalist and say like. A, uh, you know, a really cold email about pitching, you know, something, they won't even reply to you. The same is also for influencers. You don't want to tell them, like, you're going to get paid this fixed amount uh, and uh, this is it, this is the promo code. Like, you know, again, you want to show them that you uh, took the time to look at their profile and that that's already make like a, a, a huge difference, you know. Do one email by one email. There are like also ways to make automatic email where you can do, you know, some part of the message that is automatic and dynamic. You want to personalize it. Yeah, tailor on their need, on their yes. like them and everything. And sure. also engage with your so- their social medias because you yeah. want to see how they respond, how they, okay. because at the end of the day, you're expecting them to, to do that organically for a brand so you want to see how that person responds and interact with their audience 100 what what i would do all the time do not only check the organic content so not only like those videos or photos about their daily life go and check how they crafted like the message around the promoted post and see also the sentiment analysis of their audience on those or on those promoted posts to see are, is the audience liking this promoted post or not, first of all, okay? And what's, what's the sentiment analysis about that? And also, as you correctly said, how these influencers are replying to the audience uh, related to a certain product, because you want to see how they're going to communicate, uh, you know, about, about certain, you know, like promotional. So, um, again, it's, it's really time consuming. I'm not going to lie. It takes time. But again, if you want to do things properly and correctly, and even a good ROI on a, that type of campaign, you should like analyze, you know, the people that are going to work with. Of course. And also something really important to analyze is who, for who else they're working for, for who else they're doing sponsor content. You don't want someone neither that is your competitor or something that it doesn't align with the same values that your company does. Because we, something that I always talk about is the core beliefs and that you need to always be respecting those in your branding, even if you're you're using an influencer, you need to align with those influencers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, some of these platforms uh, allows you to see if uh, these influencers already spoke or mentioned another competitor in the past. So you can definitely run an analysis on that. And also, as you said, it's important to understand if there is like the, there is a matching between the influencers and the value, you know, of the brand. And, uh, you know, you can do that like in different ways, but... Uh, one way is also to see if in the organic post in the past, they maybe already mentioned the brand without being paid. That means that, you know, like, uh, you know, one of one example that I can think of is one of the talents that we represent. He was already a big fan of Duncan. Okay. Uh, and, and then he, he, he got like, you know, brand deals from Duncan where we, we help it, you know, like these, these influencers to get actually get paid by Duncan. And what happened is that before he was already talking about Duncan in an organic way. So the following, you know, like we knew that the promotional, like, you know, the promoted posts were actually something authentic because he was already in love with that brand before. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you, if, you, if you can find someone that maybe already tagged your store, your brand, whatever, on Instagram on, 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 or mention that on YouTube or on TikTok, you maybe you can reach out and say, hey, I saw that you're already actually talking about my brand. You know? Do you want to do something with us? 
And you already know that that person is going to be a good one because they were already in love with your brand, even even without like, you know, being paid. So that's already a good start. Let's talk about something important. Yes. Let's talk about money. Okay. Who makes the first move? The company, the influencer? So again, it depends, I'd say, how professional is the influencer. As you said, like, you know, when you mentioned about the media kit, the most professional ones have a media kit with a certain sort of pricing table, depending on the deliverables, right? Um, you can always negotiate, uh, be respectful for, like, you know, to the influencer. Like, you have to recognize that that is a full-time job, especially for the majority, you know, that are doing that. So you cannot go with a lower ball, like, you know, just saying a counter offer that doesn't make sense. You know, if, if the person is asking you $10,000 for a post, you cannot go back and say like, I have $500, you know, um, you can always negotiate, but it's a good question. I'd say that it really depends by the type of brand. Okay. There are some brands that have like a specific budget in mind and they maybe want to find a combination of 10 different influencers. And so they, they propose, okay a potential pricing based on historical data, similar influences that they're working with in the past and so on, you know? Mm -hmm. But also on the other side, there could be the influencers that uh, while replying, you know, is just like, you know, usually you should ask them like, uh, what is like, you know, your, your, your requested, like, you know, pricing for these, these, these the, the type of deliverables. And if they have already like in price, price in mind, again, you can negotiate. So it depends how big is the client, uh, who has the leverage in the conversation, you know? I mean, like if uh, Nike asks you certain things and you're like maybe a smaller influencer, of course, Nike is going to have leverage on you, you know? But if you're like a smaller brand with a bigger influencer, the influencer is the one with a lot of uh, requests so they can have leverage and say, I want this price. If not, I'm not going to go, you know, work with you. I think there's a message here that where you were saying that you need to approach the influencer as a person and get to know that person. But also you can get them your brand story because I have a lot of clients that they are not that big and mm -hmm. they still want to work an, with an influencer. And it's okay to tell them, listen, this is what I do. This is what I have. This is what I can get. This is what you can get from me. We can collaborate maybe. And maybe if this post works, next post we can do more. Maybe there are a lot of values and beliefs that influencers might align with because it's one hand help, helps the other. Absolutely. I mean, like, again, you know, you don't be afraid to even try because, again, you know, if it doesn't work, like, okay, they will not reply to you by email, but that's it. At least you tried, you know. The only thing that I want to say all the time is try to get, like, you know, to a, like a pricing that, again, doesn't offend the influencer because uh, I saw in the past, especially maybe smaller businesses that didn't really have, like, maybe an idea, right, of how to, like, you know, really price an influencer. And, again, you don't want really to offend the other person in front of you because in that, you know, if you give them, like, maybe a really lower price, you know, uh, they might see, like, oh, you don't value my work. On the other side, do not pay just because. Like, pay the right amount that you think, you know, it's going to bring. It has to be a return of investment. Sometimes your return yeah. of investment is just of brand awareness. But you need to make sure that it, for you it works. About offending, I think that if that's the only thing you can offer, it's okay to offer it, but you need to tell the story behind it. Yes. And why? Not just put the number there, because that there is where you, you're burning a bridge. Never burn bridges. You never know where their life will take you. Oh, yeah, especially with influencers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Alessandra, it was so great to have you today in Coffee Number 5. And 
today, people, you got the two sexy accents instead of one. So <laughs> thank you again for being here and give us all this information. And everyone, I will see you sometime this week or next week. Who knows? All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, remember to leave a review. I will really appreciate it. If you want to know more about marketing and myself, follow me on Instagram. My handle is Lara Schmoisman. was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.